0: Everybody so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia you have captured the audience. You're
1: stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101. <laughs> Dude, there's so much funny shit on SCTV. Oh God, yes. I'm just looking to hear like the five neat guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yeah, then, that was awesome. Uh, but did you yeah. see like Milton Berle giving them an Emmy? <laughs> He's just an asshole. Yeah, I know. <laughs> count us in dude okay three two uh hey everyone welcome to uh another episode of comedy history 101 Mm -hmm. where we bring you the history of comedy Mm -hmm. i am harman leon and with me is i am scott colonico how are you doing Harmon? Yeah, I'm fine, Scott. How are you? Thank you for fine. asking. Thank you're you welcome. for asking. You're we welcome. could have just launched right into the podcast without any, you know, cordial greetings, but you took time to ask how I was. That's And uh, I'm fine.
0: How are you, Scott? Yeah, you know, I'm fine, Armor. Thank you. You know, well, you know the thing is politeness doesn't doesn't cost manners doesn't doesn't cost anything.
1: No, no, no. People remember you if you're, if you're nice to them. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So I'm... And, and, and just going by the Buddhist uh, saying, uh, uh, niceness should not be mistaken for weakness.
0: Right, yeah, of course. Ah. Wow, that's, we could be nice. <laughs> Thank you, that was a very... And,
1: was... And, uh, but should we use the converse? Weakness should not be mistaken for niceness. <laughs> that... Does that work? I think the i'm trying side?
0: to i'm trying to wrap my head around that right now to see the uh all the implications oh, shit. i think it's another uh podcast in I itself i think we keep we keep spinning these off we should have like somebody
1: just following us around and like uh, well i think we should be a think tank where okay. the people come to us going i i, I want to start one of these podcasts but uh-huh. i don't know where to begin well i yeah. have no idea <laughs> well here's a few <laughs> of ours that we're not using yeah, well, here's one. It's called uh, Weakness Should Not Be Mistaken for Niceness. And here's, here's <laughs> another one called Is This Thing On? About the <laughs> Yeah, the history of
0: microphones. <laughs> and technicians who test audio equipment.
1: Yeah, and here's another one called Google This, the history of people that Googled things. <laughs> <laughs> but today, but today, this podcast here, this one within this audio space, this one here, Scott... When I say the words Second City Television, SCTV, what comes to mind in, in, in your brain-thinking device? This is the
0: SCTV Television Network.
1: Oh, well, first of all,
0: is a immortal line uttered by Johnny LaRue. Is Crane Shot. <laughs> crane Shot.
1: and and, what's the context of that one i know the context of that one
0: okay well um they was believe that was from the polynesian town episode where there was a there was a crane shot and, and johnny larue the famous director wanted a crane shot to end the movie with and he just he had to keep begging for money what a day i lost my business
1: i lost my best friend and i lost my pants Forget it, LaRue. This is Polynesian town. First, we should tell people what SCTV is, in case they they don't know, you know? Um, SCTV was, uh, was a Canadian television sketch show that began in 1976 and ran to 1984. This is SCTV Channel 109 in Mellonville Cable 6. And it was started by the Toronto troupe of uh, Second City. And the premise of the show was it was a uh, a, a television station in the fictional town of Mellonville.
0: Mellonville, yes.
1: Yeah, So, and, and the television station was run by the greedy Guy Caballero. And now an interesting message from SCTV president Guy Caballero. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is my policy here at SCTV to hire the best people for the job. That's why I hire illegal aliens. he um, was kind of. How would you describe him? He was kind of like a kind of like a godfather figure, and we also. And then that played off later on. Who was in a wheelchair, uh, which was largely just due to uh, he wanted to get sympathy yeah, from his business deals because yeah. there's. Some shows where he's danced around. And the original cast of SCTV uh, consisted of. uh Starring John
0: Candy, Joe Clarity, Eugene Levy, Andrea Martin, Catherine O'Hara, Harold Ramis. and Dave Thomas as the Beaver. Yeah, all we're still, we'll see. People will still pop up now again. I believe uh, people might be familiar with Mr. Martin Short, who uh, appearing on Broadway and movies and whatnot. But they're all, they're all still around and doing well, except for John Candy, obviously. But they're all still uh, keeping active and out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was pretty much, uh, you know, as you know, it's a, it's a pretty iconic. Uh, sketch show. So, and what differentiated it went different from like uh, other sketch shows was it all kind of lived in this uh, the world of, uh, of, of of this TV station in Melville. Um, so, not only would you have uh, the sketches, which were largely uh, kind of like a vehicle to parody movies and TV of the time, because it was like a it was, it was like they're trying to emulate a, a an average broadcasting day. Um, on SCTV in Mellonville. Yeah. So you would have not only the shows, but you would also have behind the scenes of the shows and the interplay between the characters and the station manager and all that. And for that, it was very, uh, you know, kind of the first show of its kind to do that. Yeah,
0: I mean, I read, I was reading something that that I'd never like so. Part of the reasoning Guy Cap hero's reasoning was that uh, he, was, he he was too cheap to like buy like just normal a normal network. this is the, the his logic. the normal network mm-hmm. was, would just buy like repeats and, and show them but he was too cheap so he would just hire like all these people to do all these knockoff shows. So that's why you had this revolving cast of characters coming on and doing all these different shows that would appear and reappear and um, just work with the lowest production values they could.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and essentially in real life, uh, they were working with the lowest production value yeah, they, they could. possible. <laughs> yeah. Did you know? So for the total budget, uh, of the first seven episodes of SCTV was $35,000,
0: which is works, works <laughs> out to what that's like five, five grand a show.
1: Yeah. So basically <laughs> they were making like no money on those <laughs> early episodes. Yeah. Um, But how it came about was um, it it was like it branched directly off from uh, Second City. Second City started in uh, Chicago and then in 19 – I believe 1975, uh, they opened uh, a branch in uh, Toronto. I might be wrong on that date. It might be um, a little earlier – Okay, leave a leave a pause, and maybe you could. We'll you wanna, leave the pause. Do you want to? No, I'm, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling okay. here. I'll, uh, I'll stop. You look at this. We'll leave the pause. Yeah, uh, yeah it had to start in 75. Okay. So, anyways, it started. Uh, so, Second City came from Chicago, um, and and a lot of the cast, uh, you know, like the original cast, where a lot of them started in this um, uh, legendary production in Toronto of Godspell in 1973. That so was, that
0: yeah, sorry, good.
1: Oh no, go ahead, dude. That was a production that uh, uh, not only had Martin Short, but also Andrew Martin, Eugene Levy, uh, Paul Schaefer was the musical director, and uh, I believe Ivan Reitman might have been. I think
0: he produced it. Yeah, in. yeah. So you had this huge, crazy, you know, that's Gilda Radner.
1: Yeah, Gilda <laughs> Runner who dated Martin Short know, at the time.
0: Yeah, so you get this huge, crazy cast of like future stars, you know. All yeah, they call it uh, the legend, the legendary Godspell show.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. So originally, Eugene Levy in the, the Godspell show uh, uh, auditioned for the role of Jesus, uh, but according to the director, he looked too Jewish, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which was. I don't know. Is that a bad thing? Because Jesus was Jewish. <laughs> it was kind of, yeah. Yeah. Or the producers, oh, they thought he was too hairy. <laughs> he felt that uh, so much hair would scare kids during the matinees. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And even before, even before Godspell, to have another SCTV sort of link was um, Eugene Levy is from Hamilton, uh uh, a town called Hamilton in Canada I, is that Ontario? I don't know it's, leave a comment yeah. below if we're wrong on yeah. that <laughs> But not. And he, and he went to McMaster's University in Hamilton and not only did he go to McMaster's but also Martin Short and Dave Thomas and here's another weird twist is that Martin Short dated Eugene Levy's sister yeah, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying Martin Short got around did, yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Ivan Reitman also went to uh, McMaster's uh, uh, University in Hamilton, and that's how, kind of how Eugene Levy got his start was he became friends with Ivan Reitman, and they uh, they didn't really have like a theater department or a film department, but uh, you know they 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 had a group called the McMaster's Film Board, and uh, they would just start making movie shorts. And Ivan Reitman moved to Toronto. To make his first uh, movie, which was called Foxy Lady, <laughs> yeah. and Levy was kind of just sort of uh, he he was like an engineer major, and then mm-hmm. I think he was just started doing crappy in school because he was more interested in theater, and he just said, uh, "Can I come work on your movie?" Uh, to Ivan Reitman, and and he said, "Oh, the only job I have is like coffee boy," <laughs> which was actually not a role, but an actual coffee boy for like sixty dollars a week. He said, "I can't." pay you that little and he said no i'll take the job and then uh from there uh using levy moved to the toronto and then he worked on actually in a role in, in ivan reitman's next movie which was uh cannibal girls mm-hmm. and andrew Morton was in the movies as well so uh they kind of hooked up together you know got their start first from the ivan reitman movies then uh moved on to uh, godspell
0: yeah and then from there it was it was non-stop <laughs>
1: Yeah, but it was like kind of like a, a, a like a happy coincidence, because like after Godspell, you have all these people in Toronto that worked on it uh, that were soon to become famous. And then Second City opened up a branch in uh, 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 Toronto. So um, from there, you know, they just became like, you know, right into Second City.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was uh, just kind of was like ready to go. Here you guys go. You're all here. Let's, let's get it started. And then they had, you know, because Saturday Night Live started in um, '75, so these guys mm-hmm. had something to kind of look look towards, you know. So that um, that, and then there was a whole that whole National Lampoon thing was going on at the same time, which Reitman and those guys were all involved with as well. And people were kind of picking picking um, picking the corpse.
1: You know, they were all stealing cast yeah. members from each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Saturday Night Live came about in 1975. So the big – at the time, the big uh, sort of sketch improv groups was the National Lampoon uh, touring show, which had like John Belushi and Bill Murray in it and Second City. So um, uh, Saturday Night Live came about, and uh, they just started scooping all the best players. I mean pretty much the early Saturday Night Live was National Lampoon. hmm yep. Bernie Solins who started Second City, said, you know, instead of, like, having Saturday Night Live just kind of scoop all our, our best talent, why don't we start a uh, TV show? So uh, what what they did was uh, they, they listed Harold Ramis to be the head writer, and, and they did the show uh, initially for two seasons on the CBC.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah, because the, the Ramis, yeah, it's kind of interesting watching Ramis on that show because um you're 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 not expecting him and then all of a sudden he's there uh, what the hell? hello uh, hello mr dunson this is mo green on SCTV's feedback
1: mo green you stink you know that
0: uh, you must be thinking of the other mo green he was born an american he was, he was an american guy in the canadian cast
1: well, that's a misnomer because there's oh. they, they were kind of mixed uh, Americans and Canadians.
0: Oh, okay, all right.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Andrea Martin is actually from uh, she, Port Portland, Maine. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, right. yeah, yeah.
0: So you learn something new every day. We're doing
1: this podcast. Yeah, yeah. And Joe Flaherty, he was he was born in I think he was born in Pittsburgh. Huh. Okay. Well, they can be yeah but the whole deal is like you know they, they came over from the, the original second city uh, in Chicago you know and then they opened this new branch of second city in uh, Toronto right and Kathleen O'Hara actually started as a waitress at Second City oh yeah 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 and so just to when, get, when she was 20 to
0: go, to go back to your Bernie so Bernie Sollins was actually one of the founders of second city improv troupe in Chicago. And then, yeah. yeah, then he went on to do the, the founding, the, uh, Toronto one in 73. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. So, and here's another twist is, uh, uh, Catherine O'Hara's brother dated Gilda Radner. Oh, okay. Um, should... Yeah. So it's all kind of incestuous. So...
0: <laughs> yeah. We need like a, like a flow chart or something to keep up with all this.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Harold Raymond served as the, the original head writer, um, for the first uh, couple of seasons of uh, SCTV, and they filmed uh, 16 shows in seven weeks.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, could I could I bring up here? I just wanted to mention this is. Like yeah. A, I don't know why this is burned into my brain. I actually, I ran into Harold Ramis in a, at the Austin Film Festival, and I got to shake his hand and tell him this. But my favorite, my favorite Harold Ramis <laughs> bit—the one I remember was when he played. A, he was he was playing a Swedish policeman called Clog. K-L-A-G-G, <laughs> and, he would, yeah. and he would catch people by throwing, <laughs> throwing his shoes at him, you know, his wooden shoes, his clogs. <laughs> oh, so
1: he's like an odd job, but with instead yeah. uh, sort of like a, a, a deadly weapon hat, he yeah. had deadly clogs?
0: Yeah, he threw the clogs at him to catch up criminals. Oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. So I got to see him. I saw him at Austin Film Festival, and I just wanted to say, I wanted to, sh- I wanted to shake the hand of the man who, who was clogged.
1: And, and what did he say about he that?
0: Just, he kind of laughed. He said, thank you. Uh,
1: and uh, so, uh, yeah, Harold Ramis actually called uh, SCTV. He referred to it as the poor cousin to Saturday night live. Aww. No, it's it true. So Saturday night live, as you know, it's, it's a live show filmed in front of a, a live studio audience. And second city was a, uh, they had no audience. So the, the, the uh, it was like, as uh, Eugene Levy described it, kind of a, it was like an editing show. So, you know, uh, they, they weren't playing the characters for an audience. Uh, They're like, uh, you know, they were never, you know, holding for the laughs. They were just so it's more kind of an ensemble, you know, actory type thing where, you know, Saturday Night Live is played. You know, you're, 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 you're performing for an audience. So that was like a huge difference. And originally there was like no um, laugh track to the show. And, they, and then they played it back with no laugh track, and it just was, I don't know, I think Eugene Levy thought it was, like, kind of creepy. Yeah, so, it's, um,
0: yeah, it's kind of weird, because you and I have both been kind of binge-watching these, and it's just, I mean, I guess you kind of need the laugh track there. It just does sound kind of weird, because it's just, I can't, I can't really describe it, but it's just like, yeah, you mm-hmm. do feel like you need something there.
1: Yeah. So originally, so then they went back and they played the clips in front of a live audience and recorded their laughter. But then, it, then it was like all the timing was lost because like, they would they'd be laughing over, you know, laugh lines mm-hmm. and setups and things like that. So uh, eventually, they just went for like a straight up uh, sort of a laugh track uh, with the show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's just. It's just. You know, you hate to do, you. You know, you sometimes you, people I know people try to fight it, but then it's just like, yeah, that it is. It's something that sometimes you just need it there for some reason.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, after the first two initial um, uh, seasons, um, so so it was, it was filmed for the uh, CBC, but um, it was also in syndication, like in the states. So it would pop up on you know just random times, no matter who was like what what. City was syndicating it, mm-hmm. and after two seasons, no one picked up the syndication. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay.
1: So that you think, oh, oh, there—that's the end of SCTV. But um, this, like, millionaire in in, in Edmonton, uh, Alberta, Canada. Which have you been to Edmonton?
0: No, I have not.
1: And I don't want to offend any of our Edmonton (laughs) listeners, but it's kind of a shithole.
0: Oh my god, that's (laughs) kinda that's a little offensive. You could have picked a different word.
1: Yeah. Okay. We'll beef that up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was this billionaire in in Edmonton. Uh, he said, you know, he he thought the show was like, you know, an important, you know, cultural, you know, uh, uh, relevance to to Canada, like putting it out there in the world. And he said, you know, if you move your production to Edmonton, I will match your your production uh, 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 budget. Who who was so, those? Um. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure what his name was, but, um, he, he was an Edmonton millionaire. Really? Okay. Yeah. Just
0: Google it, dude. Uh, (laughs) We're supposed to be be sharing this with people.
1: Oh Um, yeah. I'll look it it up. But yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so that's why they, they moved to, uh, to Edmonton and, and, and they said like, they were so happy, uh, like the production value just like went way up and, and, and it really kind of helped them focus on uh, just, like, writing the show because there's really not much else to do for Edmonton. But they, 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 they loved the crew because, like, the crew before that uh, um, in Edmonton, like, they were used to, like, filming, like, carpet commercials and, you know, <laughs> industrial videos. For those of you who are want to know a little bit more about the
0: Edmonton SCTV shooting locations, somebody has made a helpful Google map. So so with all the uh, the the location episodes on here for, like, Polynesian Town and Play It Again, Bob, and some of the uh, – Oh, cool. Yeah, so some of the – oh, at the Jerry Todd Show, I believe, probably the uh, – Oh, I love the, the Jerry Todd <laughs> the, Show. The famous uh, golf course, yeah. So those – you can find those if you just do uh, Google Edmonton SCTV shooting locations. Or
1: better but, yet, we will post it on our website. Well, at and quick save.
0: Okay. <laughs> and how is it? Uh, RTCKsave.com.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll post it. We'll right. post it in the blog post. All right. There you go. Thank you. All right. Good
0: enough. Right.
1: But right. yeah, yeah. So they, they they thought like the best episodes were the ones they filmed in Edmonton. And then on the third on uh, after the, the 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 third season, uh that's when uh Rick Moranis came in.
0: Okay. All right. Yes.
1: And Rick Moranis was the only one who came in from the world of stand-up. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: So have we, have we heard any – can you drop a clip of his stand-up
1: in here? Um, I tried to find his stand-up, but only thing I could find was when he was hosting Saturday Night Live. Okay, all right. <laughs> and also on the third season, two of the most forgettable uh, Second City or SCTV uh, performers, Robin Duke and Tony Rosado. Oh, no. Now, now. <laughs> Are we going to talk – But oddly enough, oddly enough, they both went on to be on SNL.
0: Yeah, I did. So uh, while we were uh, while we were uh, doing some research for the show, I took it upon myself to find out a little bit more about Mr. Rosato.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Carmen, uh, if you're curious, uh, he's actually from the same part of Italy as my family. So he's down from the south, down from Naples. Um, yep. And uh, apparently, so he was on, uh, after he left Saturday Night Live, he kind of started doing a lot of voiceover work, but then ran into some trouble with the cops' legal issues back in 2005. What happened? Uh, he was charged with criminal harassment of his wife Leah. Ooh, so, that's yeah, not good. So yeah, things got a little things got a little um, nasty for uh, Mr. Rosado. and he is, yeah like, he passed away in
1: passed January. passed away
0: in jan- January at the
1: age of sixty two this year. So yeah, um, yeah. but I, I think the best one he's known for, which is one of the very classic uh, SCTV uh, skits, was. Um, the uh, Midnight Express special. Right. It was like um, Abbott and Costello. Uh, it was a cross between uh, a TV show called The Midnight Special hosted by Wolfman Jack and uh, Midnight Express, the uh, the Turkish prison movie. Written by Oliver Stone, no less. It- exactly exactly so you have abbott and costello uh costello was played by tony rosado so lou why don't you introduce the band you want me to introduce the band that's right all right i'll introduce the band what band the band What's the name of the band? I'm telling you, man, the band. Well, who's the band? No, 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 who's on next week? What are you asking me for? I'm not asking you, I'm telling you, who's on next week? Well, what do I care
0: who's on next week? If I'm going to introduce the band tonight, i got to know their name.
1: That is their name. That's whose name? The band, what's the matter with you? And, and Abbott was played by Eugene Levy. Uh, they're going through customs in Turkey, and they find some hashish in their luggage. <laughs> Hey, where'd you get that package? Oh, uh, a fella gave it to me. What fella? This fella right behind There's
0: me. There's nobody there. Well, he, he was here a minute ago. Didn't I tell you not to talk to anybody? Oh, honest, Buzz, I didn't say anything to anybody. He just gave me this cake to give to his grandmother. You, what's in the box? I'm sorry, I can't talk to anybody. Answer the man! um harman one of the things that you were were, you're mentioning here when you started talking you had this written you had this jotted down was that uh while they were shooting in edmonton uh you know things would get really creative and you were saying something about how the caterer would suggest things
1: yeah they would be open to uh just having the crew uh give suggestions on it was like you know it goes back to it's just like Everyone was just really gung-ho to be working on this. Yeah. And Andrew and Martin said they would even take, like, suggestions from, like, the boom mic guy or <laughs> the caterer. If they had, like, good ideas, they would just go with it, you know? They were just all kind of, you know, for the large part, just all good-natured uh, uh, Canadians.
0: Yeah, they're, they're very polite.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from there, so then the, the show moved over to uh, NBC. And the execs would, have, would come up. Once it did, uh, the execs would come up to MB, come up to Edmonton and give them, like, notes. And there would be, like, really bad notes, like Eugene Levy would say. Because essentially what Eugene Levy said was it was kind of like, you know, the, the lunatics running the asylum. Like, no one really, like, looked after them. So they pretty much could do, like, anything they wanted to do, like, with the show. But when they moved to NBC, like the execs wanted it, they just like, why don't you be like Saturday Night Live and put all your, you know, big laughs up front. And then, you know, kind of that more experimental stuff. You put it, you know, in the last half hour when no one's watching.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they because they did. They have um, they would do I saw the bumpers. And so what they would do. Would be because they'd show it right after starting out live, and so they would have the NBC bumper. The SCTV would start out the show with the SC, with the NBC bumper that would eventually would get pushed off the screen by the SCTV <sighs> bumper. So it'd be it give you that illusion of you're now watching a different network.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And an interesting thing is like they would film sketches, and if the sketches didn't go that well, um, they would always have the like these little promos for shows in between. Uh, you know. Um, sketches. Right. You know, like coming next week yeah. and it would just be like a, about a minute promo. But basically for the most part, those were sketches that just didn't work. And so they would just be cut down to, like, a minute and used as, like, kind of, like, the Terry Gilliam animation, mm-hmm. you know, kind of link in between the sketches. Yeah. So, um, you know, like, I think, like, one that didn't work was, like, uh, a thing called Melvin and Howard's. Yeah. Melvin Dubar is the driver. Howard Hughes is the passenger. It's Melvin and Howard, Thursday at 9 on SCTV. I oh, don't feel so good. Which was, like, you know, so they just cut it down to a promo. So it was basically a, a spoof on the movie Melvin and Howard. Mm-hmm. But in, in in the SCTV one, it was like Melvin and Howards, and the Howards were like the three stewards. <laughs> <That's, that's>, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, they they would just cause, yeah, cause you can get away with it. It doesn't you don't have to have an ending. There's just nothing there. It just like starts and stops and that's it. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like the equivalent of when what they would do on like a second city stage when you have a blackout in between scenes, they would throw in these like promos as the blackout. You know, to you know, it, it would just keep things rolling
0: yeah I think and then also around this period is when the NBC they were kind of pushing them to have musical guests and stuff yeah and, and the the SCTV guys would fight that or just you know resist it a little bit by saying well if there's a musical guest we had to have to give them a reason to be here like they, they would like have a job on the show and mm-hmm. so like one of the ones I remember was um, they had the tubes on uh, at the time you know She's a Beauty was pretty big so early 80s and the tubes were on but they weren't they weren't just singing they were a uh, guest on The uh, the Fishing Musician they wound up being guests on that show from all over the world musicians come to Gil Fisher's Scuttlebutt Lodge to Beyond The Fishing Musician
1: I know I think it was it was I think it was the episode called Bouncing Back to You when it was Lola Heatherton yes <laughs> And she was like a, I know they do a lot of like smarmy Vegas type characters mm-hmm. on SCTV. Yeah. And so she was making her big primetime comeback variety special. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the SCTV studios, bouncing back to you, it's Lola Heatherton. Like Guy Cabaret, like says yank her off get her off there and then uh so they pull her off stage and she was quickly replaced by the tubes
0: <laughs> yeah there you go
1: there you go there's our musical guests yeah so when we talk about like some of our favorite uh bits that's always fun
0: yeah okay no well of course <laughs> uh, that's, well that's kind of the thing dude we're just we're riffing we're, we're all riffing yeah. here yeah well of yeah. course you know i gotta i gotta go my you know of course one of my picks would be the bob and doug
1: Okay, good day. Welcome to the Great White North. I'm Bob McKenzie. This
0: is my brother, Doug. How's it going, eh? And, whoa, you, did you hear about... Well, you can tell. Okay, you hear about the guy who, like, uh, was opening a beer, eh, and, like, went to drink and then did the stupid
1: thing of looking in the bottle, and, whoa, there's a mouse in his bottle, eh? Real. Real, real mouse. Well, I guess it it was dead, right? Drowned from year. and drunk too. Drowned, happy, It It had a smile
0: on its face, eh? Bob and Doug saw the movie in the theater. I still, I still. Strange
1: brew. Strange
0: brew. I think if you still go back and you watch these, they're still funny because they actually you come off where you actually you can actually believe they're real life brothers. I think that's kind of the thing (laughs) because if you watch them, they do seem like it's that it's that kind of playoff. Uh, each other and then i think yeah. what's, what's interesting to me is like in the tradition of of the comedy duo the straight man mm-hmm. and whatnot like even when you have kind of like these couple dim guys there's always one who's like kind of the smart guy yeah you know like in this case the Bob, but he's kind of like the smarter dude it's kind of like yeah. you know, even in cheech and chong you still got, you know, Cheech is kind of the smart guy. You know, there's always they right. keep it keeping up that tradition of uh, the one the one smart guy. And yeah, Bob and Doug, and I think it's I think it's still funny. I think it still holds up because it's just that kind of juvenile humor. That, yeah, that yeah. Of, explain, kind of explain the premise if like people haven't seen it. Well, the premise is that these two guys, Bob and Doug McKenzie, have their own TV show. It's kind of like a. I guess you could see where. Um, it's almost
1: like a Wayne's. That's world thing, exactly way. what I was going to say. Like a new one. And yeah. It's like this is kind of Wayne's World.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going right. to say. So our topic today is how to stuff a mouse into a beer bottle without uh, without breaking it. The it, bottle. Its bones. Right. So that they'll look at it and give you a case and not think you hose them by, uh, by deliberately stuffing one in eh? It's like shipbuilding in a bottle. Okay. Right. And kind of like it's the same premise of Wayne's World, but these guys, the uh, on SCTV, they're having a little bit of fun with the Canadian um, TV board, and that uh, SCTV was told, or Canadian programs were told, that they had to have a certain amount of Canadian themed programming on their shows and so this mm-hmm. is their this is like their kind of thumb but you know, up the nose to the, the Canadian powers that be where they go, Okay, we're gonna make the most Canadian show. You've ever seen, which has resulted in this—the you know, most successful yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: thing that ever came out of SCTV. Yeah,
0: two guys wearing parkas and toques and and drinking Molson beer. You know, so yeah, it's about and this. eating donuts,
1: yeah. <laughs> eating Tim Horton donuts, and,
0: and about the most Canadian thing you can see. And the uh, I think the movie holds up pretty well too. It's just it's the interaction between those two guys that's funny.
1: Yeah, I saw the movie a while ago. I, I know it's, like, based on Hamlet. Yeah, it is, uh, Tony. Totally, yeah,
0: Yep, yeah, it is. Castle Elsinore. Elsinore yeah. Beer. Yeah. Yeah. And Max von Sydow was in it.
1: Really? Yeah. He's,
0: he's, like, the main bad guy. As himself? He's kind of the main bad guy. No, he's just, he's, like, some evil dude. Oh,
1: nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it holds up. So, that, I would have to say that would be one of my favorite one of my favorite sketches.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's hard, like... Like I was like binge watching like the last few days and there was like so many that you forgot about. Like uh, (laughs) I think like – like I like Sammy Modlin who's kind of like like, – he's like a smarmy Las Vegas uh, Mm -hmm. uh, talk show host, which they actually got the idea um, like in the early 70s, Sammy Davis Jr. had a talk show on. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Good. And it, it was just like that, where everyone's just sort of kissing each other's ass. And uh, uh, and his sidekick is William B. William, who's John Candy, yeah. who laughs kind of like this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> and they always have a uh, Bobby Bitman, who's Bittman. like this. Hawaii! <laughs> like,
0: Bitman is back on the Sammy Maudlin show and yeah, I mean it was, uh, it was Eugene levy and then they had um, it was Mel's rock pile which was like their version of the uh, speaking of Eugene levy that was Eugene Levy as the host and it was mm-hmm. kind of it was kind of like a um, a midnight special kind of of uh, TV rock show though were popular back in the 70s but he was just like a really really horrible host and it was just it was Mel's rock pile <laughs> Hello again and welcome to Mel's Rock Pile. I'm Rockin' Mel Slurp, and we're gonna have a lot of fun on the Rock Pile this week. We're gonna be doing a little music and doing a little talking to some of the kids on the dance floor here.
1: So and- do you see do you see the Bobby Bittman episode where um he brings out his brother Skip? Uh, a little bit. Tell me more about it, Harmon. <laughs> uh, Skip's an aspiring stand up comedian. But, and he's just like, um, hey, I I'm ladies and gentlemen, please. Please welcome the, the President of the United States, John Wayne. Now listen, and listen good. I'm the President. Okay, I'm going to go over and talk to Secretary of State Jimmy Cagney. I'm going to walk over. John Wayne walking over. President John Wayne. Okay, Secretary of State. <laughs> <laughs> and then he calls, then he like, they go to panel and like uh, skip calls Bobby Herschel like his real and they start arguing in Yiddish Herschel? It's they didn't know it's his it's name it. was Herschel. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they didn't know his name was Herschel. They don't oh, care. What, what, My about? parents still call me Tzvi and him Herschel. You know, in Philadelphia, when they put on the Maudlin show, they say, well, put it on and watch Sammy Maudlin. Will you be in Herschel Slansky? <laughs> That's what they thing call for air. them to know you're Herschel, Herschel Slansky. this is from here. For Stiegs and your Gordish for Saks to be retaining. The things that we're going to bring in the Maudlin show. Fair face for the Maudlin show. Great
0: to Yeah, I mean, they, 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 would, they, they had the ability to do... Uh, you know, these crazy, like, they could stretch gags on for a while, I think, because we both kind of had this down here, what, this, because I really remember this, too, at the time, it was like when the um, SCTV feed got jammed by the Russians.
1: Good day, people, this is Today is Moscow. I am Valerie Kometsky, and I am Ivan Mahailov show today is crowded so we must move quick first we say welcome to new viewers in Mellonville and tri-city area
0: so they started showing showing all these programs it was just like bad russian but it was just like those horrible russian game shows and then you have written we have both written down here in our notes uh what fits into russia <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Which was just uh, Dave Thomas standing in front of a big map of Russia putting on a bad Russian accent and slapping countries <laughs> slapping countries yeah. onto the map going look how they disappear in the vastness of the Ukraine Hello people! Yeah. Welcome to What Fits Into Russia!
1: Yesterday, the last country we put in place was Angola and look! Ha, with these other countries not even half filling Mother Russia because of its enormous size and look at rest of world! <laughs> He's almost gone! But I love it when they go to like there's a TV show and they go, oh, let's let's show them the new mini cams. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then that was that was one where um, it was uh, Yorgi and the tractor, where John Candy had a talking tractor.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what and the who? John Candy also played the happy Kozak.
0: Yeah, that was. Oh, was that Yorgi? Yeah, it was Yorgi, The the talking tractor.
1: Hey Yorgi. He's coming to your town, hey Jorge. He never wears a frown, hey Jorge. He's as
0: happy as can be, cause all of Russia is Jorge's family.
1: Hey Jorge! Yeah. But I think I think my favorite, I don't know, there's so many favorites, but um, is uh Count Floyd. <gasps> floyd here <laughs> saturday night kids time for another monster chiller horror theater oh, woo, woo.
0: <laughs> count floyd's good and i think what made for me would make because Cal- the Kel floyd character like like, like
1: here um um like joe flaherty is such a like i think he was so underrated on that show oh, yeah, or maybe was- not or just rated to be at the right amount well, he was, he was such a straight guy. He was kind of like, the, I would yeah. almost say he's like the Graham Chapman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's such a straight guy and most of the, and most of the, I, you could tell he had a little fun playing, uh, Got Caballero, where he could, like, get mad at people, but he was such a straight guy, kind of, and the Count Floyd, I think what, for me, what made the Count Floyds even better, I mean, yeah, obviously the character Count Floyd was pretty funny, but then mm-hmm. they would just use that as an excuse that link all these bad movies to it, you know, then they yeah. would have, like, the, uh, probably the most classic one would be The Whispers of the Wolf where he, he thinks he's, he's going to show this movie about a werewolf, and the movie's called Whispers of the Wolf and it turns out to be like <coughs> this, this Igmar Bergman like Swedish film. Oh, it
1: takes place in some place in Europe somewhere. Count Floyd hasn't seen the movie, so I'll be watching it along with you, so stay tuned now. You're gonna be scared right out of your pants or dresses or whatever you wear.
0: <laughs> Let's take a look at the film yeah it's yep. just like really like like the, one of the most depressing things you could ever see and they would just keep showing clips of it and they would do the typical movie thing where they'd come back to Camp Floyd and he would he would try to keep it make it sound scary
1: oh wasn't that scary oh I got scared kids oh all right it wasn't scary the movie wasn't scary Ingmar Bergman who booked Bergman who booked that film Prickly. Mrs. Mrs. Prickley did, huh? Great. Woo! And he yeah, it. yeah, the, he set it up with, uh, you know, I, I know we've been getting a lot of letters from the kids saying the show just isn't scary. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: uh, the wolf, whispers of the wolf. Woo! <laughs> and then he'd, he'd get mad at people off screen. That was always good. Joe Flaherty was really good at getting mad at people.
1: Yeah, so basically that they were just parroting uh, 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 Ingmar Bergman's uh, personas. Right. Yeah. Totally. And, it was,
0: and, and they were even like talking like fake Swedish, and they had subtitles on it and everything. Yeah.
1: yeah. But then there's a the whole series of, uh, of the 3D movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Doctor Tong, and
0: the, the um, Midnight Cowboy in 3D was always always my favorite.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they had they had the whole series like uh, Doctor Tom's uh, 3D House of Pancakes.
0: Right, yeah, 3D House of Stewardesses, I think was one. Yeah,
1: 3D House of Stewardesses. Yeah. So it's always like John Candy like putting something right to the camera yeah, in 3D with that yeah. that that music. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Uh, one, 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 one bit that just was randomly, do you see Benny Hill Street Blues? I just, just weird. I just, <laughs> was the one I just watched. Yeah. I just
0: watched that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, governor. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would just do that look at the camera and just go. The Benny Hill Street Blues, award-winning scenarios, unforgettable characterizations. So be sure to watch the show of which critic Rona Barrett said, I nearly left me bleeding rump off.
1: I mean, I think that's, like, their legacy. is like, they were so spot on with their parodies in, in satire. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, it was just, like, you know, I mean, who else would do a, a Bergman takeoff? You know what I mean?
1: Oh, and, and, and you know, and then they could do, like, everything from, like, The Godfather. Do you see The Godfather? Guy Cabrerault's The Godfather. No, and I... then Floyd the Barber from the Andy Griffith okay, yeah. show. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, uh, I – he's, like – don't worry, we'll break Opie's arms. <laughs> like Opie, came in for for a haircut and and didn't pay for it. <laughs> it's like, oh, we'll go, we'll break Opie's arms. It's like, oh no, no, I think you, you don't have to do that. <laughs>
0: I think, I think what because uh, even though he, he um, Rick Moranis coming in at the end, but still. The um, thing we both mentioned also, the. Gary uh, Todd! The Jerry Todd. <laughs> Jerry Todd Weather. <laughs>
1: Dude,
0: how do you even explain him? He was like, he called himself a video DJ. Just yucky. Yeah. (laughs) And so it would just be this guy sitting in front of a a master control unit just doing like the most cheesiest video switching you could ever
1: think of. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Some beautiful video from Tom Monroe from his latest disc entitled Tom Monroe on a New Wavelength. And that's a pretty thing called Turning Japanese. And a good good morning to you. Welcome back to the Jerry Todd Show here in the wee small ones of a Saturday morning. We've got some fine video for you this morning, as well as another incredible contest cash call, and a lot, lot more. And would, would, so I only saw like one episode of that. Would he have like musical guests on each show, or
0: no? He would just—it was just kind of like little short video clips of that. Probably the most the most famous one, or the people that most know the one, is where he played a video with himself. Where he's singing the Vapors song, "Turning Japanese," which was oh. kind of kind of a semi-hit in the in the eighties. Mm-hmm. But the way he's singing it, he's singing it like a Perry Como, like a really slow version. And he's just singing it instead of saying "Turning Japanese," he's like he's singing, "I'm turning Japanese."
1: Turning Japanese, turning Japanese, I really think so. Oh, also like the Schmengi Brothers,
0: of course, the Polka yeah. Brothers, right. Polka John brothers. Candy
1: and Eugene Levy.
0: Yeah, which they, which and like... they. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that uh, you could, I guess we could use this as a segue into like the later ones because they they came mm-hmm. out at the when the SCTV moved to is it Cinemax?
1: Yeah, they moved to Cinemax in the last
0: year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of like one of the big things that
1: came out of those those years. Who who, who and who left and who stayed? Um, let's see. Well, I know who's, who came like in the last two seasons. That's where you get the powerhouse of Martin Short. Mm-hmm. So he came in in the last two uh, okay. uh, years of uh, of the show. Yeah. And then, of course, he brought everything from uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Ed Grimley. Yeah, Ed Grimley. <laughs> and do you see the one, Whatever Happened to Baby Ed? Yeah, oh yeah, of course. It's the, the classic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I told Mr. DeMille to hold that shot longer, you know. Ed Grimley is riveting. Jerry Gladman, Mellonville Free Press. Still a pretty good picture, I must say. Still watching that garbage.
0: Boris Birch's performance in Baby Ed is Oscar bait. George Anthony, Melville's son. See, you know it's it, it's interesting because <laughs> you, you, you can watch those where like yeah. in SCTV where Ed Grimley's kind of developed as this like actual because he had a job at the station. He did something at the station and like the where, oh, yeah? he he was like an actual character. You know, guy Mm -hmm. who had all these different, you know, facets to him. And he was, it was funny, but like, he was like more than that. Whereas when you look, when you, when, when Short went to, moves to, uh, SNL, you know, cause yeah. I guess it's just a, a different format. He's just got to play up more for for laughs. You know, but it, it mm-hmm. was it was a, it was interesting to see you know, those two comparisons. You can kind of see the different styles of, of comedy there, or what what you had to do before a live audience, and what you can get away with on on. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. You just have to be bigger in front yeah. of a live audience. Where I mean, that, that that just goes back to that they weren't playing for. You know, they were just holding. They weren't holding for the laughs.
0: Right. Yeah exactly you
1: know it it was just more ensemble uh you know acting that that went on i think my favorite martin short guy was like um and it's timely now uh, uh he's he plays the oil company executive oh yeah. <laughs> yeah he's on 60 minutes right yeah did you know that since 1988 we've had the nine
0: hottest years on record I know that. You don't think I know that? I, I, I represent the oil companies. I would be very aware of that. Yeah, but that was in. But that was the one on Saturday Night Live. But he'd done that character, um, uh, Thurman. Nathan, yeah. Yeah. He'd done that character on SCTV. Yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. Smart so v he, dude, he yeah.
1: essentially brought like all his big characters over yeah. to Saturday Night Live, like. Mm-hmm. So. Um. And so, anyways, in 1982. Uh, they won the they won the Emmy for Outstanding Writing in a Variety Program.
0: Okay, excellent.
1: For, there... for a sketch called "Moral Majority," do you ever see that sketch? I, I think know. it's like Merv Griffin is in the Sheriff of Mayberry, maybe. Okay. And then I think all these right wing conservative groups uh, were about to pull like the advertising on uh, uh, SCTV, so it uh, okay. had like sort of a political edge to it. Okay. Yeah. But the funny part is when they got their Emmy, uh, they were introduced by uh, Milton Berle,
0: who was just
1: kind of rolling their eyes at them. (laughs) And uh, 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 Joe Flaherty was making, you know, giving the acceptance speech, and he was like, Milton Berle was heckling him. And oh, Joe God. Flurry turns to him and goes, uh, Uncle Milty, go back to sleep. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which started a feud between oh, them. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I, I can't believe that we got something up here bigger than the cast of uh, Hill Street Blues. <laughs> Which That's we've done funny. on our show. <laughs> All, right. All right. I'd like to thank. Sorry, Uncle Milty. <laughs> go to sleep. Okay. Oh, by the way, uh, did you? it was, like, really weird. Like, during, um, like, the series, like... It would also have like special guests like do sketches with them so there's actually one episode where bill murray uh did a sketch with them mm-hmm. yeah I remember, I remember that one uh, who else is over there <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So Bill Murray plays yeah. Joe DiMaggio. It, it's like Joe DiMaggio opens a restaurant on San Francisco's wharf, where uh, if if a, if a customer can strike him out, uh, they get a free meal. <laughs> so he's standing in his restaurant with his huge baseball bat. So the like they have like old ladies come up and like try to strike him out, and he just always just like slams the ball into their face. Uh, you lose. Make sure she pays, Tom. Who's next, Brenny? I am Joe.
0: You may have a free meal coming, lady. I feel like I pulled a muscle on my shoulder.
1: All <laughs> <Well>, right, you lose. Make <laughs> sure she pays, Dom. She had the scampi. The what, Joe? Scampi! 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 Okay, who's next? And Robin Williams was on a few episodes mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. All right. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, I guess to wrap up, uh, what do you think uh, uh, Second City's place in history is?
0: do I'm rating them on one to ten or
1: no just, just is out, what, what do you think second city's outstanding influence on history is uh,
0: I think they just kind of like the, the the parody type things that they were doing were was always really big and the way they created that that world like I think we, we mentioned this in that in our our earlier episode Mm -hmm. available on rtcksafe.com on the Rutland Weekend television one where I think Mm -hmm. I mentioned this back then. I remember I I just think because I thought SCTV did a way better job of actually creating that, that world of, this is a world of the small town TV station.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. So I think it's like influences when, you know, I guess you can look at like some of the, the, the movies that the SCTV people went into, or TV projects that they went into as well, that that had that flavor, such as you know the, the Best of Show and Mighty Win uh, movies, which all were kind of like parodies of uh, you know a certain niche or subculture. Like Mighty Win was a parody of uh, the folk music culture, and Best of Show was you know a parody of you know dog shows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had, like, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara in those movies. Uh, So, you know, that – those set of movies uh, were kind of direct influences. But then I guess you can also look at, uh, you know, sketch shows to follow, like The State or or Kids in the Hall or Tim and Eric's Awesome Show or even, like, Eric Andre, which is, like, kind of like a parody of a talk show or even, like, Larry Sanders, you Mm -hmm. know. And and even Matt Groening uh uh credits uh, Second City for being the inspiration uh for Springfield with what they did with uh, you know, the town of Mellonville, right. You know, kinda creating this like universe that operates on its own rules within itself.
0: Yeah, I mean they even had you know, like, yeah, 'cause the, go go back to the Mellonville thing, they even had a mayor that was uh, John Candy is the mayor of Mellonville who would give his like fireside chats. With his
1: oh God! I with just his, remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah his yeah.
0: Fake dog. Yeah. So it was to me that was just they, they created that, and they were able to kind of get away with, like you said, those blackouts, those really short things that might not go go anywhere else that you couldn't really do in a live show. It was just cool to be able to see people doing that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's like the shows that have that—that—that that, that continuous that, that are essentially sketch shows, but have that like continuous. Flow and thread that weaves through the whole show and the behind the scenes. You know, Second City was like, you know, the first to do that, to create that like universe within it. Plus, it's just like really fucking funny. Yeah. I mean, it's still funny. Yeah. Sorry. It's not really dated. I was just like binge watching, you know, the last couple days and it's just like. It's just good laughs.
0: Yeah, one of the one of the like I watched like one even their first episode. I was I was we were both doing research. I watched the some of the first season from 1976, and they mm-hmm. had that um their their uh, Jeopardy parody where it was half wits. Did you? Oh, half wits is amazing. Which is basically more or less it's kind of the the celebrity Jeopardy thing that started out Live us. Three articles of clothing found in a bedroom.
1: Lawrence Orbach. Chest of drawers, Alex. <laughs> Listen to the question, people. I'm looking for articles of clothing. That answer was incorrect. Blanche Ray.
0: A parka? Completely complete with the, the pissed off Alex Trebek. You know, it's it's... seriously yeah oh if somebody (laughs) if somebody could sue it's basically go back and watch one of them yeah drop or drop drop a clip in there man it's just
1: like whoa (laughs) it is it is who reads it's about books it's it's not whore ads but uh, wits is so funny. I think yes. that's one of my favorite sketches. Yes, <laughs> it's like he's um, um, Eugene Levy's playing uh, Alex Trebek, and and it's like okay, uh, we're 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 back again. It's uh, for the sixth week, and and all the contestants are at a tie, still at zero. Yeah. But it's like it's so funny. Like Alex Trebek or Eugene Levy as Alex Trebek, he's he 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 hasn't like. Said more than three words of the question, mm-hmm. and Catherine O'Hara would buzz in, but Dewey Dewey Decibel system? Yeah,
0: no, that was that's that's what <laughs> I watched. Yeah, yeah, but you, yeah. yeah, I can't believe you even watched the Live. Yeah, because you watch one of the Siren Live ones, and you're like, oh, hmm, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you, you <laughs>
1: steal from one source, plagiarism. You steal from many yeah. originality. Yeah, but they weren't doing a Sean Spicer on uh, SCTV. No, no, they weren't. No, that's their big thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> Here comes Trump again. It, oh no. So anyways, uh, I think it's just time to plug away. Where, where can they find everything? Well,
0: they're going to be able to find everything. All episodes of our Harmon's and I's brand new spanking podcast, Comedy History 101. You can find it on iTunes. And even more importantly, you can find it on our brand new production website. Right-click, save. Our new production company, the URL of that is... RTCKsave.com right click save because somebody had already had the domain name so we had to go with one that's shorter and not as easy to remember
1: (laughs) not as easy to remember at all (laughs) but it's okay check out all our past episodes and I'm sure we got a lot of information wrong so be sure to comment rate us on the iTunes store subscribe to our podcast and also donate to the podcast if you can't we have a little button you can donate this is our bucket speech Throw in a, a dollar or two for the price of a cup of coffee if you can. So anyways, thanks a lot for listening. This has been Comedy History 101.
0: And we're uh, out. Okay, all right. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia you have captured the audience. You're
1: stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.